We'll score your How Evil Are You quiz coming up this episode. And Music Midtown returns to Atlanta. The lineup and the dates coming up during this episode. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. Do you think that movie theaters are just like gone? I hope not. I do too. So we were watching this great documentary last night on Netflix and it's called The Last Standing Blockbuster. The Last Blockbuster. The The Last Blockbuster. And it brought back so many memories for me for Blockbuster. Like in the most, the craziest thing that they said about it was that it was kind of like date night a long time ago. And that is so true because like, I remember going with whoever my boyfriend was at the time or boyfriends Mm -hmm. and like, you'd pick out your movie. And I was telling you, you'd get so mad when you would go in and the, because you know, they would have the box. And then if the movie was available, they'd have it behind the box. And like when your favorite movie wasn't available, you're like, dang it. Do you go to another blockbuster? Cause they were on every corner. Remember? At one point, there were six thousand, nine nine thousand, nine thousand, nine thousand. Now there is only one. It is the last blockbuster, and it's in Bend, Oregon. I want to go visit. Well, we're not, but this is a it's a very interesting documentary about how Blockbuster once had an opportunity to purchase Netflix, and they did not. And you could argue that Netflix was the downfall of Blockbuster with streaming. Well, and it originally started, if you remember, with the red envelope or, you know, what was that? It wasn't. Yeah, it was red box, red box. And you would return it. And I can remember like and I know everybody did this, but you would rent DVDs from Blockbuster and then you wouldn't even watch them. Like you just wouldn't even get to them because, you you know, you'd be very ambitious and you rent like four and you're like, oh, I'm going to watch them all. And you didn't. And then the late fees. And then they did the whole thing where they didn't get away with the late fees and lost two hundred and fifty million dollars like in the first day. Yeah, that's how late we were returning our DVDs and 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 VHS cassette tapes to Blockbuster, a quarter of a million dollars. You, like, what are the people who are still renting, watching them on, watching them on? Maybe they have VCRs or yeah. a Blu-ray disc player. Yeah, Blu-rays. Well, it just made me think. Like, I love the whole experience of going to a movie theater, getting my popcorn, getting my Junior Mints, and it's been so long. It's been over a year and a half. We had dinner at a restaurant at Avalon, which is a huge open air, uh, open air. Uh, retail, residence, shopping, eating, dining, carrying on type place here where we live in Alpharetta. And there's a movie theater behind it that just kind of reopened within the past few weeks. And I saw a line as we were eating of people wanting to get into this regal movie theater. And I thought, you know what? It's time. It is time. And I did read where many of the, the, the movie theater chains are getting ready to do away with the mask policies too, because we're making the turn. If yeah. we haven't already made the turn, and that's going to be a conversation in, in in segment one. A great article that you found in the Atlantic. Yeah, I hope that I about hope people movie- panicking about having to return to normalcy. Yeah, I mean, I hope movies are coming back because I like the whole theater thing. Um, to, to to me, blockbuster though, you would walk around in circles trying to decide what movie you were going to rent. Just like now, you will sit on the couch or lay in your bed and scroll through Netflix or Paramount TV or HBO Max or. Disney Plus, any of the streaming services now, and you just, it, it, it takes a while for you to find the selection that you agree on with exactly. the person you're going to be watching with. Or even if you're by yourself, you're like, ah, that's a maybe. Like you categorize them. Maybe, uh, no, not that. No, I'm not ready for that today. 
that's a little heavy. How about a rom-com? You know, and it take you just take the the whole process to find what you want to watch can be exhausting. I me. think it's different though now because when you used to rent from Blockbuster, it was almost like you felt the need to watch them. Like now, if you start a movie, you know within some people I do know within ten minutes of whether it's going to capture your attention or not. You're like, eh, and then you like cause, because there's a hundred other movies to scroll through. You move on. Back in the day, if you didn't want your one or two movies that you had rented. You were as well. Back to TBS. Yeah, seriously. Suddenly today, I panicked about life inching back toward normal. I don't want to travel endlessly for work. I don't want my weekends to be overcommitted with activities. I don't want to miss bedtime with my kid. And I don't want to wear blazers or hell even shoes. A tweet from Emily Ramshaw. Emily is a, a journalist. Uh, she's a co-founder and CEO of The 19th, which is an independent nonprofit newsroom that reports on gender politics and policy in the U S but um, I didn't even know who she was when, when I saw it. And it doesn't matter. I'm sure she's a wonderful mom and, and wife, but uh, the tweet kind of caught my attention because you've heard me say on the podcast that I also have no desire to go back to any sense of normal. I rather enjoy the pandemic for all of the reasons that, that, that Emily mentioned in her tweet. Hang on. Well, I don't work. Um, our kids really don't have any weekend activities anymore. Uh, our kids really don't have bedtime anymore. They go to bed at like 4 a.m., so that doesn't count either. And I don't wear blazers and often just wear tifas and not shoes. So really, none of that relates to me. What, other, are, you, what are you missing out on? Yeah, what's different? Huh? What's different? Well, because back then, back then, back then, you, you had an excuse to be lazy. You yes. had an excuse for your bills to be late. You had an excuse for um to, to be grumpy. And this article that you found in The Atlantic that we're going to focus on here in segment one, truly, I was like, oh my gosh, this did I write this? Yeah. Was I like on an ambient bender and I wrote this? Because I relate to everything in the article called, I'm not scared to reenter society. I'm just not sure I want to. And that's me. I get it. I mean, there are parts of the pandemic, and I've told you this, that I rather enjoy too. Not the whole scary part of it, not the financial implications. Or the death and destruction. Come on, you know me better than that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that I, I, I had a fun year. The simpler time. Eating dinner as a family every night. Mm-hmm. which we continue to try to do, but but um, game Uno and, and watching movies and having all three kids, my little bear cubs, as I call them, at home. Well, you just didn't feel like you had to be on hyperdrive. You know, you couldn't go to the grocery store every single day. So it, you, you just got what you needed and you made do. You didn't feel like, you know, every time a holiday came around, you had to be traveling or you had to be on the lake or you had to be hosting some huge barbecue. It just kind of gave you an excuse to be... Um, isolated a little bit a little bit of a hermit crab you know and for many people that is following them into the summer where things are kind of back to normal and 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 you become maybe an introvert i was one going in but but you become an introvert maybe you became rather an introvert during the pandemic and and now you don't want to be around people you don't want to go back to the office you don't want to go back to the warehouse or go back to the shop because you're you're cool with you being you and you being your best friend and you doing what you want to do. A little bit of greed there, too, I guess. Well, and like everybody, everybody's going to concerts and doing stuff. You're like, wait, 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 hold on. No, stay in the pandemic bubble with me. Don't go do all those fun things, you know. I want to read the first article, just a couple of lines from uh, or the first paragraph. Really. The post-pandemic summer is evidently expected to be one long reunion, after which, once that's out of our system, it's back to work, back to school, to what we call normal. 
And if the pandemic had ended, say, last June, after a couple of months of lockdown, we probably would have returned to our lives with relief and jubilation. But after a year in isolation, I, at least, have gotten acclimated to a different existence, quieter, calmer, and almost entirely devoid of bullshit. If you told me in March 2020 that quarantine would last more than a year, I would have been appalled. I can't imagine how I would have reacted if you told me once it ended, I would miss it. And I do. Well, just as we've talked about before, just stay in your little bubble. You can't, though. Just pretend like you're still. Coronavirus, COVID-19, the pandemic were the ultimate excuse for anything and everything that came your way. And it's funny. I I talked to my mother on the phone. And she still thinks it's going on. Mama, how how are things going? Well, not a whole lot going on up here. Well, have you have you seen or talked to anybody? Well, no, nobody's getting out because of the the the, the COVID. <laughs> okay, mom, it's it's June first, and for she's God's been sake. double vaccinated. Seriously, yeah. like she was one of the first in line back yes. in back in February, March. Everybody seems to be just staying home. No, they're not. You need to get out, mama. They're they're not. Well, they're, but listen to you. Y'all need to encourage each other to get out. Huh? Well, <laughs> the grace period is almost at an end. The dread specter of normality looms. Unlike a lot of people, I was never terrified of going broke or getting evicted. The flimsy twin pillars of my existence were government loans and a way more successful friend's apartment. Uh, After so long spent doing nothing, the prospect of having to do things again is daunting. My new tolerance for human interaction maxes out at about two hours, after which I start getting secretly antsy to be alone on the couch watching TV again. I'm reminded of a film I once saw of a captive gorilla being released back into the wild, huddled away from the open door, afraid to leave the safety of its cage. That's you. Is that not perfect? Yeah. But I think there is some trepidation with everyone, like kind of just, you know, if you have been out of your office and now your boss is asking you, you know, saying, okay, it's time to start coming back. Um, I think everybody's like a little nervous. Like, what does that look like? And then you're back in traffic and... Like you said, you know, you're not able to make it to your kids' baseball or softball games, and you're kind of back to that thing where you're on the phone all the time or you're doing meetings. I mean, it was a scary but nice reprieve for sure. Some of this I know is symptomatic of depression, currently a secondary pandemic, and we've talked a lot on this podcast about that. I've had episodes of depression before, and although I now have a cushion of experience to handle them, I know that they're, I don't know what that word means right there, are you following along? Mm-mm. Okay. E-P-H-E-M-E-R-A-L. Carl, call it. Anybody? Okay. I know how to endure them and crawl out again. They're harder to come back from every time. Not because of their, I don't know that word either, uh, tenacity, but because of their allure. The sirens of solitude, idleness, and I don't know that word, N-I-H-I-L-I-S-M, are becoming harder to resist. Where did this article, who wrote this freaking thing? Well, sh- okay, it's in the Atlantic. Anyway, okay. Is that like a hoity-toity magazine? I'm never, I, I don't believe I subscribe to that one. No, you don't. They use big words in the Atlantic, or I have a very small vocabulary. It's probably B. So there you have it. Well, maybe you should come out of your bubble and go to the library. If I come out of my bubble, I'm not going to the library. And I've come out of my bubble. It's not really that. It's just that. I know. It's the feeling of it. You were able to say, ah, you know, is that a good idea? Should we really do that? There's a pandemic. Yeah. Even though I never once quarantined. I didn't quarantine a day. Well, you like to quarantine on your own terms. That's the thing. Well, that, but. but Like, you don't want to have, you don't want to have to do social things with a bunch of people. Because, you know, then people would say, oh, why don't you want to come out with us or whatever. And you could use COVID as the excuse to just sort of stay in your bubble. It was like an umbrella excuse. Yes. COVID-19, the Mm -hmm. pandemic. The COVID. Coronavirus. 
Anything else? Uh, no, I think that right, covered Let's it. shift to music. Ed Sheeran is set to become the face of TikTok after signing a big money deal with the social media app. I just saw this headline. This just broke. Number one, it is certainly a message that there is new music coming from Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Because he's going to use TikTok, and we've talked about the fact that TikTok is a platform which has launched everyday normal rappers, singers, artists into superstardom. Well, and no one loves Ed Sheeran more than you and I. We flew to London to see him. But is a slightly middle-aged, overweight, balding, pasty Englishman the best? I love him. And I question this. I don't think that it makes an awful lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Ed Sheeran should be the face of TikTok. Unless they're trying to change the image of TikTok. To what, though? They're doing great now. Yeah, but it's all like, I think people think it's like a bunch of young kids and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, maybe they're trying to make it more appealing to us older folks to get more users. Although every day a child is born, you have a new TikToker, so. Yeah. Hey, listen, if nothing else, we know we're getting new music from Ed Sheeran. So him and Courtney Cox, the reason it started Uh, is there was this viral video of him and Courtney Cox doing the original Friends dance and song to to the Friends song. And that's what kind of like kicked it off. And I remember when I, like, I I didn't know that he was going to become the face of TikTok, but I just saw. It was just announced in the past 24 hours. But I just saw their video was my point. And I was like, what, what are they doing? Like, that's kind of weird. And now you know why. And now we know why. As I say. There's always a reason. There is always a reason, especially in the music industry. There is always a reason. And there you have it. That was the uh, the planning of the TikTok seed, if you will, for, uh, for Ed Sheeran. Music Midtown is returning to Atlanta. Huge music festival. Started back in 94. Ran- and that tells you that Corona's over. Yeah. Well, that and what was the other? I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. And I said, listen, that's how you know that coronavirus is done. I don't know that the Claremont Lounge has reopened yet, but that will be... When the Claremont reopens, that to me is going to be the fine. Okay, you need to shower and brush your teeth and probably get out a little bit because yeah. the, the pandemic's over when the Claremont reopens. If they haven't already. When the women step back on stage. Music Midtown uh, took a break like in the mid uh, 2000s. Ran for a weekend, about 300,000 people every weekend at its peak. Uh, and there were a lot of people wondering if Music Midtown would return this year. And it is. Here are the dates. Saturday, September 18th. Sunday, September 19th, a two-day Music Midtown in Atlanta, Maroon 5, Miley Cyrus, The Jonas Brothers, 21 Savage, DaBaby, Megan The Stallion, Machine Gun Kelly, Jack Harlow, Bleachers, Dashboard Confessional, a few others. Well, I mean, a lot more than that. A lot more. Black Pumas. Amazing. I already have Ajita. Do you know what that means? Like, I'm nervous. I know the word because you use it quite a bit. Okay. Because... I know for a fact that there are three bands on this lineup that Charlotte, that Charlotte is dying to see. So if you are a mom of a teenager, nothing peaks you like Music Midtown. What are, I know Machine Gun Kelly because we were tra- driving somewhere the other day and she said to me, Dad, do you, do you think mom would take me to a Machine Gun Kelly concert? And I said, yeah, I don't know, sweetheart. Let's just turn this music. Why don't, why don't you grab the aux and, and, and let's listen to Machine Gun Kelly now. Yeah. Um, just a lot. I mean, there's a lot of people in there she's going to want to see, but that's the biggest one. Machine Gun Kelly. She, yeah, 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 yeah. MGK right. as the kids call them. But if you have a teenager and it's this age, it's not like the, when they get to college and the 21, cause you know, she always says, Charlotte always says, mom, you would never let Will go to music Midtown until he was like 18 or 19, because it is just, is a lot. It is a lot. And like somewhere along the way, 
because I always went to Music Midtown. You did too, because we grew up in Atlanta. But it shifted to where all these high schoolers come to it. And they have on these shorty shorts and tank tops. And there's people probably giving them drinks that they shouldn't. And God forbid. And they're all standing out in the middle of Piedmont Park. And they get these hotel rooms. And they stay down there. And usually there's one chaperone. But they don't really want you around. So you have to like stand up on a rock somewhere in Piedmont Park and hope you see your child. Right. And, you know, I'm just like, I, I can't, I'm already, it, like when they did the lineup, I was like, please, 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 please don't let anybody be on there. Like no 21 Pilots, no, you know, any of this stuff. And then here it came. Well, but we're not going to allow 15-year-old to go to Music Midtown unsupervised, right? Of course okay. not. But right. that means I'm probably going to have to stand down there in like a pair of attempted shorty shorts and some sort of halter top. And I'm going to have to get up on a rock and like try to keep it together. Look for Charlotte and a friend group. Yeah. I have like a big binocular set, you know? Oh, jeez. Through the years, uh, I didn't go all, all that many times. I think that I went three times. And I'm going to add to the Spotify Hype Song playlist a song from an artist that was the first to really send me to Music Midtown. That was Ja Rule. This is before he went to prison. Mm. And I think it may be on the original Caddy and Donna. Spotify it is. Okay, why, why, stop. It is. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm also going to add it to number two because it's, it's that fun. much of a song. Living it up. Living it up. Send it on over. Ja Rule, living it up. I had just bought some brand new white sneakers like the day before the Ja Rule. And let's just say this. Uh-huh. Let's preface this by saying <laughs> this was before people were wearing white sneakers. Like, I don't, it was, it's so funny because now everyone wears white sneakers. But back then, I don't know that a lot of people wore white sneakers. But you were ambitious with your fashion choices. So, yep. And it was no doubt, too. I just remember wearing my brand new white sneakers, not a smudge on them, to Music Midtown and going to the Ja Rule stage. Because at Music Midtown, if you're not from the Atlanta area, it's multiple stages. And I got a lot of stares from from people. And I thought originally maybe it's my dance moves. You know, wow, I got it going on here, you know, or, or something like that. And it turns out it was just my white sneakers. And I think everybody was like, dude, kind of like you just were during the podcast. Yeah, look, at, look at the white man and his white sneakers. There you go. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ja Rule living it up. Can't go wrong with that one. I've living seen some, it up. Uh, I've seen some amazing people at Music Midtown, like Indigo Girls. I mean, just amazing performances, Smashing Pumpkins. Now, some of the bands, I'm like, mm, I might know one or two. Can you imagine if I drug you to the stage for Megan the Stallion? Can you imagine? Which one does she sing? Okay, lots of those songs that you don't like. WAP. Some of that. Is that hers? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Filthy. <laughs> Filthy. Absolutely <laughs> filthy song. Anytime you sing, yeah, I, I literally, I, I have like a, just a nervous tick. And it's not a nervous tick, it's a, just a tick of disgust because. Can you imagine what will be going on in front of that stage? <sighs> <laughs> All right, I am adding to the Don and Caddy hype song yeah. playlist, uh, Cheryl Crow, First Cut is the Deepest. Why? It, well, I love Cheryl Crow and I love that song. It is a remake of a Rod Stewart song, but she does a great I version. I no clue. Oh, my God. She does a great version of it. And um, I like Sheryl Crow. She, I'm a big fan. I always forget that, like, she had this, she had an amazing career, but then, like, you know, she also dated Lance Armstrong. I mean, she's dated some really, like, high-profile people. So I'm just adding that for that. Simple search on Spotify. Donna and Caddy hype songs. Or if you want to go to the original playlist for 2020, Caddy and Donna hype songs. The most diverse playlists on all of Spotify. I can promise you that. I was listening the other day. It went from uh, Paradise City from Guns N' Roses to Delta Dawn mm. from Tandy Tucker and everything in between. Uh, quick tease for the letter this weekend. It's uh, our, our, our newsletter component to the podcast. Alternate 
episode titles and and I write an open and pictures to complement the stories that you've heard. Tomorrow, I am hosting yoga. <clears throat> Let that settle in for a moment. At Not the, just any yoga. At the Phoenix Senior Living Facility in Johns Creek. Not the one right down the street. No, no. That'd be too <laughs> easy, right? I'm going to Johns Creek. Yeah. With goats. Yep. I'm, I'm headlining goat yoga. And I have been sent a... Carl is shocked. I've been sent a... I was. It takes I, a lot to shock Carl. I have. I was sent a, a, a page of 10 chair poses that I need to work on <laughs> for tomorrow. I don't know what to wear. I don't know. I told you. I you have a like lot of some, questions about you need this. Some jo- we've talked about this. You need some... Like some jogging clothes, nothing too sexy, because this is like the old people. So you need elder, the elderlies. You need like more of like a, a track suit type of thing. Maybe a stripe down the side of it. Definitely your white tennis shoes. But I've asked you, I'm like, should we practice? Like I'll pretend like I'm an elderly person and you go through the moves and you're like, I, I mean, I bet some of these elderly people can get their legs higher than you. Do you oh, think? Oh, that's great, Donna. <laughs> they probably can. <laughs> and with goats, live goats that eat your shoestrings. I don't know how that's going to work with elderly people. And your shoelaces. I don't know. Laura Jessup is a very dear friend of the family, and, and yes. you and I both, and, and she works with the goat yoga business From yoga, yeah. Yes. And so she asked me two weeks ago. It's one of those things where you didn't really process it, but anything Laura would ask me to do, I'd do. I'd be willing to do, you know. And I don't think I, I thought about it. I was like, sure, whatever. Yeah, just let me know. Date and time and send me a you know address for ways. And Kind of like when you were planting those holes at the winery. Yes, for mm-hmm. Pamela Jackson. I thought it was a just you go and is a is a photo op yep. and, and you hold a, a a grape seed in a hole and take a picture and you're on your way and I wound up planting so grapes. You think for you're four just gonna have a hours. picture made with a couple of elderly people? Turns out that's not the case. But pictures and video will include this Saturday in the letter. And if you have not subscribed already, it's absolutely free. We don't share your information with anybody. Text left on red R E D as in the color, no spaces left on red to the number two, two, eight, two, eight. I mean, even if you unsubscribe, it's worth it just to get this, these pictures. We'll see. In video. And I won't edit them. These will be raw photographs and videos from goat yoga with senior citizens. I'm afraid you're going to get one of those positions and toot or something. It happens. (laughs) It happens. So there's something to look forward to. In the letter this Saturday, his inbox at 910. And also next episode, we'll have conversations. And maybe in some audio. I'll even record some audio. Is there a musical component? Like, do you play music while you're doing it? I don't know. I'm just meeting Laura there. She's bringing the goats. Literally in her SUV. Like, she goes up to the goat yoga place, the farm where they Atlantis. live. Atlantis. Atlantis. With Kathy Huff. Yep. And and she goes and gets the goats. She wrangles them. And puts them in her, her light Xterra, her SUV. And then we'll drive from there to the senior center in Johns Creek and unload the goats. And ferry them into the senior center, and then they'll do yoga with us, and then we do this, this the same in reverse. This is fraught with peril. I believe so, but mm-hmm. I look forward to it, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Thank you, Laura, for the invitation. The easiest way to feed your family with meal kits made easy from dinner affair, 30 minutes or less, fewer steps, no shopping, no chopping, no washing, no measuring, and easy cleanup, too. I ordered off the June menu yesterday and we you have were so excited we have delivery two days later 14 hours later yeah it's that's how quick the turnaround is with dinner affair and they bring them to your front door contactless delivery in the atlanta area they also ship nationwide i said last episode that flat barbecue chicken flatbreads were coming they're on the menu i ordered after we recorded the podcast on tuesday and they're on there you can order them and someone asked me can you order and you've had this question too can you order more than one if you find a meal that your yeah. family really likes yes to most meals you can i'll order two of the barbecue chicken flatbread yeah no it's amazing Dinners. and you know what it's a great point because like i have been needing to go to the grocery store for weeks two days and i just haven't had time to get over there so 
if you're in the same position, you could place your order while you're listening. As soon as you put us on pause and go over and order your meals from Dinner Affair, and you will get delivery within 48 hours in most cases, um, certainly not longer than a couple of days. You can, you know, choose when you want to have it delivered. So before you could even go to the grocery store, thaw the meat, figure out what you're going to do, you could have all these meals delivered to and you. And even though we've had no groceries, and that's not a stretch. We've had some great dinners, some great proteins and things because yes. we have plenty of dinner fare meals that are in the freezer and that's where you keep them. Store the fresh ingredient meals in your freezer for later and you can always have, even without sides or a slice of butter bread, because you're not going to find any of that in our house right now. You can always have a fresh home cooked meal ready when you need it most. Dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. You want $30 off that first order? Of course you do. Caddy2021 is the promo code. At checkout, C A D D Y 2021. Are you ready to score your How Evil Are You quiz? I'm ready. We set this up last episode and said that we wanted you to also keep your tally at home or in the car or at work or at the gym, wherever you may be right now. And they would come back today and tell you exactly how evil uh, you are. 19 different questions. It's a simple yes or no. All right. And Carl, you're going to join us, right? Correct. All right. I, I have questions on a few yes. as we go through them. Okay, go ahead. I'm sure Carl does too. No, go ahead. We'll, we'll start with number one. Go ahead. Well, okay. You look at nudie pics online. Okay. Yes. I don't. But does that include like if some if you've ever seen like um, like Channing Tatum? I, I'm like, oh gosh, is that him nude? Like, does that count? No, I think this means you seek them out. Okay, I don't. Okay, Carl. Of course. Wow. We're ta- right. we're still talking about Channing, Channing Tatum though, right? Wow. All right. Well, Donna sent me, I didn't know who it was. Donna sent me a picture of a man holding his crotch naked in a trailer on a movie set. And it was Channing Tatum. It was Channing Tatum. I didn't even know. I was very surprised I didn't know that. Uh, Number two, you've kissed someone you shouldn't have been kissing. Donna? Yes. Carl? Yep. Yes, me too. You've done or do illegal drugs. Donna? It's permanent record. This is history. This podcast, they do not go away. You can listen whenever you'd like. What? Like... Illegal now or uh, just the answer pa- the question. Okay, You've done yes, or yes, do. yes, yes. Okay. In the past, a long time ago. Carl? It's possible. Okay. okay. It's possible. <laughs> yes. Uh you've done the walk of shame. Yes. Okay, Carl. Carl. I come think on. I think I could I think I could say yes. Okay. I can say yes to that as well. Uh you hate kids. No. Carl. Hard no. Okay. No. You've been arrested, Donna. Hard no. Carl? Um, soft no. <laughs> as, as far as all uh, crediting agencies are, con- are concerned, no. You've never had to be bailed out? Eh. Oh, okay. No. All right. Uh, several times okay. for me. Yes. Good God. Uh, you would choose your life over the lives of 100,000 strangers, Donna. No. Carl? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I had to think about it too, Carl. I did. Yeah, that's kind of hard because it's, are they? It's, it's situational. I think they're who, currently alive yeah, right who now. Who are these people? Are they babies? Are they children? Well, let's read it again. You would choose your life over the lives of one hundred thousand strangers. I'm yes, Carl. Again, situational. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You would kill for a million dollars if you were guaranteed not to get caught, Donna. No, unless it's someone I don't really like. Okay, y'all, you, you can't like recreate. Okay, no, I would not. Carl. I would also say no. I think the... Um, 
the the guilt would guilt would be too high and i couldn't count on the guilt never being like let's say if it was a hundred billion dollars and let's say that, that like that would change my answer because that's such a permanent thing and it's for the rest of my life like i couldn't guarantee that i would that it would always be worth it but right. you don't get caught and you wouldn't enjoy the money the karma that would Are be associated kidding? with it yes oh my god okay um you think giving to the homeless is a waste of money no carl no yeah i agree with that one uh you aren't bothered by seeing others in pain i am definitely bothered by seeing anyone in pain carl i think i am bothered by that yep i'm not uh you enjoy very violent video games no carl we're talking like more violent than like your average first person shooter kind of i think so yeah. i don't I, I don't play games eh. Eh. do you I, currently play video games no okay but I, I'm I'm I I am a fan of of Call of Duty. Have been in the past. Which COD. Like, like yeah, so a little bit of COD. So I mean, like as violent as today's video games are. All right. Yes. So is that a yes or a no? The question again. You enjoy that's a, that's a no. Very violent video games. All right. You would keep a wallet full of cash if it came your way, Donna. How's it coming my way? Like okay, again, you cannot read between the lines. It's a, it's a question. Well, if I knew who it belonged to, I would return it. Or a statement. You know. Okay, yes or no? Okay, I mean, this no. Is getting, no. Carl? No. Okay, it was established last podcast that I would. Right. That's how we got on this thing, because people came at me for saying that I would keep money if I found it. Yes, I would. Okay. Uh, Donna, you shot a gun and liked it. Well, I've only shot a gun two times, but I did like it. So, yes. Carl? Yeah. I'm a no on that one. Okay. And I was at the world's largest gun range last Friday night. Uh, you've been so drunk, you don't remember the night before. Yes, Donna. Yes, yes, yes. Carl. Yes, me. Okay. You blamed a fart on someone else, Donna? Uh, no. <clears throat> no. Carl? Yes, on uh, especially on Bun. Bun, the... The, 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 the Frenchie. The, yes. the Wonder Frenchie. Mm-hmm. Donna, you said something so mean you made someone cry. Well, I've definitely made my kids cry by like telling them to do stuff, but I don't think that counts. So, no. That's not the same. Okay, no. You've never said something so mean that you made no, someone No, I'm a nice person. Carl? Oh, absolutely. Seriously, You yes. definitely, yes. Um, you've turned people against someone. No. Carl? Yep. Yep, me too. Uh, you don't believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. Carl? Yep. Okay, I'm there. And you believe in eye for an eye? No. Donna? Carl? It's situational. But really not. Based on the exact phrasing of that question no i do all right all right let's tally them up one two three four five six seven good eight, nine, lord 10, 11 12 13 i got 14 okay you are evil as hell donna what's your number four uh five five uh if you fall between four and eight a bit of evil lurks in your heart but you hide it well thank you and you've been told that before mm-hmm. carl what's your number uh about a soft 13 <laughs> <laughs> you are evil Mm. But you haven't yet mastered the dark side. That's what do you fair. fall, Cadillac Jack? Uh, I fall 14 out of 19. Mm. You are very evil and you couldn't care less. That describes you to perfect. See, perfect. All right. Yep. We'll include this uh, evil. How evil are you quiz in the letter this weekend as well? Text left on red. Red is a color in our spaces to the number 22828. Yes, Don. I hope you, I hope listeners have learned some things about you. That- Here's the thing. If you have, if we have spent any amount of time together you know that i am very set in my ways yes you are yes. and it doesn't necessarily mean that i'm evil no 
Okay. Mm-mm. I look at nudie pictures online. All right. I'll do drugs occasionally. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, but I hadn't shot a gun and then enjoyed it ever. All right. I've been so drunk that I can't remember the night before. So, all right, there you go. Let's move on here to uh, Naomi Osaka. Take it, Don. Well, I just, I mean, it's like not a great story. She um, withdrew from the French Open because what happened was she would not do the obligatory press that they wanted her to do. And what she said was she does not think that the post press conferences are healthy for athletes because a lot of times if you're an athlete and you've lost or you've maybe you didn't play well, that a lot of it are the questions are just kind of slamming you and coming at you and beating a person when they're down. And obviously the French Open feels very differently and they think that she should be required to do press. And she said that she has long dealt with depression and anxiety and that this situation does not help her at all. So she was willing to pay the fine to not do um, the press. press. And it was a $15,000 fine. And so she said, okay, I'll, I'll pay it. But then they wanted to continue to fine her um, because all of the Grand Slam tournaments just kind of jointly released a statement that said that they were going to suspend her from all the future tournaments if she did not, you know, fulfill her media obligations. And at that point, she pulled out. And she's had a lot of athletes um, come to her defense, um, you know, that it's not the greatest situation in the world. And if you do struggle with anxiety or anything like that, to, to step in front of a microphone and have people just firing questions at you, she's also a very young girl, that it's incredibly uncomfortable. And so all they're asking is that maybe they look at the way press conferences and the way it's done, that an athlete, what she was saying, should have a choice. They should have a choice. There are some athletes, and we know who they are, who love to sit and kind of give it back to the press. And, you know, they love that volley back and forth. Some athletes are very uncomfortable with it. But she's just saying that an athlete should have a choice as to whether they want to do that or not. And the French Open and the other Grand Slam are saying no. And she's number two in the world, right? Yes. Yes. And she stepped away from it. Yeah. And said, I'm not going to play your game because it's not good for my mind. It's not good for my mental health. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel for her. I think that, you know, if you're willing to step away from something you love so much, then, and and that is basically, you know, your life in a way, because it's, it causes you so much anxiety. That definitely means, you know, it, it's a problem. The French Open is also getting smacked around right now because of their, um, response and I'll share it with you right now the mental health of players competing in our tournaments and on the tours is of the utmost importance to the Grand Slams as a sport there is nothing more important than ensuring no player has an unfair advantage over another which unfortunately is the case in this situation if one player refuses to take time to participate in media commitments uh, while the other does not how on earth is that even uh, how, yeah. how, can you, how can you compare those two? It's crazy. An unfair advantage because you spoke to the press. Yeah. Because it makes you anxious. You don't feel good about it. Yeah. It affects your mental health and your well-being. Stop. Well, and she was bullied like it kind of it, the last time, you know, when she beat one of the Williams sisters that, you know, the the crowd was horrific to her. They booed her. They yelled things at her um, because they thought that the official had um, 
given her given her an unfair advantage. So she has a history of um, kind of being bullied at this event. And so I don't know. I just, you know, they, they should have a choice. I mean, why is it such a big deal? But the French Open will continue. Yes. Uh, Sands, uh, 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 Naomi Osaka. Have you got an update on Lily for us, Donna? Uh, I don't. Lily is not back. All right. They have not found Lily. Okay. Then we'll move on to the commercial portion of yes. Gallery Furniture. Well, explain what Lily is. Uh, Lily uh, is is a beautiful, very large. Peace, Lily. It appears in the video surveillance that I've seen to be very heavy. Yes. It's in a pot, like a pot planner, big planner. 17 years ago when the Wolfman passed, and the Wolfman was Donna's father, she took home this, this piece, Lily, that has been at Gallery Furniture in Gainesville, and, and there at the, at the, the, the business. And some man over the weekend, I stole it from the store. Mm. And we've got to find it. Yeah. Askforthewolfman.com. Gallery Furniture on Facebook is Wolfman and Donna. And there you can see the video surveillance. And if you know this guy, let's turn him in. Please. Let's burn him at the stake. Well, okay. June 26th. Eye for an eye. I'm all about it. You saw my tally there for that one. Yeah. Uh, June 26th. It's a Saturday. It's the weekend before the 4th of July. And we're going to be at Gallery Furniture. Here's the reason we chose not to do the 4th, because so many people travel. And so many people aren't in town. So we thought, you know, let's do the weekend prior. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have live music. Great deals on furniture for your entire home. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns per drove Gainesville. I just noticed online, right now, you can save nearly 1000 bucks, Donna, on a Cat Napper Monaco Power Headrest with Lumbar Power Lay Flat Reclining Sectional Set in Dark Chocolate. Okay, that sounds Sign amazing. Yeah, seriously. Lay flat, lay, lay flat, lay flat. Mm, that's all you need to hear. And you hit a button, and it does all the work for you. Yes. And you can save nearly $1,000 right now at Gallery Furniture. Shop now, pay later, uh, find it on the showroom floor, take it home today. Tons of betting options, too, if you have someone that's uh, going to head back to college this fall or start college this fall. Gallery Furniture is the place to go for off-campus apartments and dorm rooms and things like that as well. Something for all your home needs now. Gallery Furniture, 16,000 square foot showroom and warehouse. At 1600, Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville, askforthewolfman.com. William Shakespeare's died. He was the second person in the world to get the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, The first man. The woman got it first, of course. There is a newscaster in Argentina, and I wondered if this was going to happen. William Shakespeare died in 1616. If you slept through World Lit, William Shakespeare Uh, is a playwright and a poet and actor and is regarded as the greatest writer in the English language. Who doesn't know Shakespeare? Well, this newscaster from Argentina. She likely didn't know whether to be or not to be ashamed. Uh, I like that. While reporting the death of William Shakespeare. She said during a newscast, and I, I have the audio, but it's in Spanish, so it would do few of us any good to hear. Here's the, the translation, though. One of the most important writers in the English language has died five months after getting the COVID vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine. She continued to talk about 81-year-old William Beer, Bill Shakespeare. He's a former Rolls-Royce employee and the second person in the world to receive Pfizer's shot outside of a critical trial. All right, so dear the newscast, she continued to say, we've got news that has stunned all of us given the greatness of this man. We're talking about William Shakespeare and his death 
We'll let you know how and why it happened coming up. She teased it during the newscast. <laughs> now, I, I'd hang around for that shit. Would Me you too. not? I mean, yeah. you go, okay, how is she going to get out of this? Well, she didn't. As we all know, she said, he's one of the most important writers in the English language. For me, the master. Here he is. He's the first man to get the coronavirus vaccination. He died in England at the age of 81. She says, during a newscast on. Okay. I I just have so many questions. Okay, start. Well, like. And I don't know that I have the answers. Did someone not vet out the newscast and like what she was going to read and what she was going to say and how she was going to put it together? Well, there's some there's some going back and forth right now about whether it was her fault. Did she go off of uh, the teleprompter? Yeah. Or did a writer or editor or producer, were they the ones like that actually made this? I don't know that it was a setup necessarily. Or is, is someone that evil? Mm. Um, I don't know that it was a setup, but could you say that it was a producer that typed this up who didn't know? And then she just read the teleprompter. And a lot of times newscasters do not have an opportunity to look ahead at their scripts. They just read the teleprompter as it's scrolling up during the newscast live. Yeah. She then tried to clean things up a little bit and said, late in the newscast, over the past few hours, as I'm sure you will have seen, a report has gone viral. I actually knew what I was saying to people, just like I always do. (laughs) I like that. So what's she saying? She knew what she was doing, just like she always does. You can trust her for the news. But clearly you can't, because William Shakespeare, the, the author and poet, died in 1616. I know, it's crowning. William Shakespeare, who worked for Rolls-Royce and the, the second person in the world to get the COVID vaccination, just died at 81 in, in 2021. I got a text from Large SF as we've been sitting here. Uh-oh. She's my contact for Goat Yoga. Uh-huh. She writes, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I will see you at Kathy's tomorrow at nine to load the goats. Mm. Now you're, now you're in, do you want? Can I ask you something? Yeah. Why don't you vet things out? Like, do you ask people what your duties are going to be or something? No, Donna, because I'm a nice guy. I'm not evil like my score flex. But it's like now you've gone from doing some moves to now you're wrangling, you're bringing the goats and wrangling them. She gives me your address. Mm-hmm. Park up top in the gravel mm-hmm. and then come down to the barn and help to load the goats. How many goats are we taking, do you think? And are they going to be in my Jeep as well? Probably. All right. Have you ever driven with a goat? No. How many people can say they've ever driven or ridden with a goat? Have you kissed a goat? I've never kissed. Uh, I don't think I have. Okay. Would you remember? Probably, Probably not. not. Yep. Probably not. For my talk Kappa Epsilon days at Western Carolina University. All right. That's all I got. Anything else? No. I just, I'm, I'm like, what yoga moves do you know? None. Zero. Do you know? Let me, let me pull up the. Downward the, dog. I don't. What is that? Sun salutation. Here are the ones that I have to, uh, here we are, that I have to prepare for tomorrow. And again, video and pictures. Um, it's hard to read some of them. Chair pose. I can't even read this. The overhead stretch. I can handle that. Mm. The neck stretch. I'm in. Uh, reverse arm. No. You can't do anything in reverse. Um, I can't read many of these. Well, that's a problem, too. Like, yeah. are you going to wear like a microphone like they did in Jazzercise where you like have a, a headset? And you're like, come on now. The cat cow stretch. Oh, boy. What is that? Do we know? Mm-mm. The chair spiral. Okay, that is not good. <laughs> and do elderly people need to be doing that? I don't know. This is all from Senior Lifestyle, Your Life, Your Style. It's like from a workbook. 
a photo, a screenshot that Laura just was in. Why would Laura think that you would be a good person? I think she set me up. Yeah. I think this is a get back for something. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Because I mean, you wouldn't be my first. I mean, you're, you know, you're very personable, but you would be my first choice to host and teach yoga. Go yoga. To elderly people. At a senior center. I mean, it just keeps getting crazier. Now I have to load the damn goats. And now you have to load the goats. So uh, update next episode and photos and video in the letter that hits this Saturday. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act. Part of the Appen Podcast Network. Whoa!